0: Over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read, A-C-I-M-O-E. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 7, The Consistency of the Kingdom, with Section 9, The Defense of Conflict. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day. Um, this is lesson 83, reviewing lessons 65 and 66. <clears throat> my only function is the one God gave me. And my happiness and my function are one. It's always a happy reminder. All right. And let's see. I have with us and uh, reading today. I have uh, Lori, Charles, Karen, Robin Marie, Sandra, and Jessica. And with us listening is Kristen, Regia, Ida. And Judy. Is there anyone else who's joined the call who would like to say good morning or join the reading list? Okay. Well, Lori, do you have an opening you'd like to offer us this morning?
1: Oh, thanks, Lloyd. I do. And I was led explicitly to this poem from Helen Shuckman in her book, The Gifts of God. It's called The Call of Christ. We have a real relationship, the Christ and I. He shines on me from every face and every flower brings his grace. I call to him when I forget. And he remembers and will let me have his thoughts instead of mine. And in His face, I see the sign of resurrection and release, of perfect holiness and peace. All that I see in Him, I see with equal certainty in me. He lives in our relationship, and so do I. Amen. Amen, and thank you,
0: Lord. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori.
2: Thank
1: you, Lori. Oh, it's a great expression from Helen. He gives he gives his thoughts instead of mine. Yes. I love it. Thank you guys.
0: Alrighty, now go ahead and get us started in the reading. Chapter 7, The Consistency of the Kingdom, Section 9, The Defense of Conflict. Mm-hmm. Paragraph 82. We once said that without projection there can be no anger, but it is also true that without projection, There can be no love. Projection is a fundamental law of the mind and therefore one which always operates. It is the law by which you create and were created. It is the law which unifies the kingdom and keeps it in the mind of God. To the ego, the law... uh, The law... (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) To the ego... (coughs) The law is perceived as a way of getting rid of something it does not want. To the Holy Spirit, it is the fundamental law of sharing by which you give what you value in order to keep it in your own mind. And Laurie?
1: Chapter 7, The Consistency of the Kingdom, Section 6, The Defense of Conflict. We once said that without projection there can be no anger, but it is also true that without projection there can be no love. Projection is a fundamental law of mind, and therefore one which always operates. It is the law by which you create and were created. It is the law which unifies the kingdom and keeps it in the mind of God. To the ego, the law is perceived as a way of getting rid of something it does not want. To the Holy Spirit is the fundamental law of sharing, by which you give what you value in order to keep it in your own mind. 83 Projection to the Holy Spirit is the law of extension. To the ego, it is the law of deprivation. It therefore produces abundance or scarcity depending on how you choose to apply it. This choice is up to you, but it is not up to you to decide whether or not you will utilize projection. Every mind must project, because that is how it lives, and every mind is life. The ego's use of projection must be fully understood before its inevitable association between projection and anger can be finally undone.
0: Thank you, Laurie
3: and Charles. Eighty-three. Projection to the Holy Spirit. Projection to the Holy Spirit is the law of extension. To the ego, it's the law of deprivation. If therefore. It therefore produces abundance or scarcity, depending how you choose to apply it. This choice is up to you, but it is not up to you to decide whether or not you will utilize perception. Every mind must project, because that is how it lives, and every mind is life. The ego's use of projection must be fully understood before before its inevitable association between projection and anger can be fully undone. 84. The ego always tries to preserve conflict. It is very ingenious in devising ways which seem to diminish conflict because it does not want you to find conflict so intolerable that you will insist on giving it up. Therefore, ego tries to persuade you that it can be can free you of conflict, lest you give up the ego up and free yourself. The ego, used in its own warped version of the laws of God, utilizes the power of the mind, only to defeat the mind's real purpose. It projects conflict from your mind to other minds in an attempt to persuade you that you have gotten rid of it. This has several fallacies which may not be so apparent. Thank you. Yeah,
4: this conflict forever.
0: Thank you, Charles. And uh, Karen.
5: 84. The ego always tries to preserve conflict. It is very ingenious in devising ways which seem to diminish conflict, but it does not want you to find conflict so intolerable that you will insist on giving it up. Therefore, the ego tries to persuade you that it can free you of conflict, lest you give the ego up and free yourself. The ego, using its own warped version of the laws of God, utilizes the power of the mind only to defeat the mind's real purpose. It projects conflict from your mind to other minds in an attempt to persuade you that you have gotten rid of it. This has several fallacies which may not be so apparent. 85. Strictly speaking, conflict cannot be projected precisely because it cannot be fully shared. Any attempt to keep part of it and get rid of another part does not really mean anything. Remember that a conflicted teacher is a poor teacher and a poor learner. His lessons are confused. And their transfer value is severely limited by his confusion. A second fallacy is the idea that you can get rid of something you do not want by giving it away. Giving is how you keep it. The belief that by giving it out, you have excluded it from within is a complete distortion of the power of extension.
0: Thank you, Karen. And Robin Marie.
2: 85. Strictly speaking, conflict cannot be projected precisely because it cannot be fully shared. Any attempt to keep part of it and get rid of another part does not really mean anything. Remember that a conflicted teacher is a poor teacher and a poor learner. His lessons are confused, and their transfer value is severely limited by his confusion. A second fallacy is the idea that you can get rid of something you do not want by giving it away. Giving it is how you keep it. The belief that by giving it out, you have excluded it from within, is a complete distortion of the power of extension. 86. That is why those who project from the ego are vigilant for their own safety. They are afraid that their projections will return and hurt them. They do believe they have blotted their projections from their own minds, but they also believe their projections are trying to creep back into them. That is because the projections have not left their minds, and this in turn forces them to engage in compulsive activity in order not to recognize this. You cannot perpetuate an illusion about another without perpetuating it about yourself. There is no way out of this, because it is impossible to fragment the mind.
0: Thank you, Robin Murray. And Sandra.
6: 86. That is why those who project from the ego are are vigilant for their own safety. They are afraid that their projections will return and hurt them. They do believe they have blotted their projections from their own minds but they also believe their projections are trying to creep back into them. That is because the projections have not left their mind, and this in turn forces them to engage in compulsivity, in, sorry, in compulsive activity in order not to recognize this. You cannot perpetuate an illusion about another without perpetuating it about yourself. There is no way out of this because it is impossible to fragment the mind. 87. To fragment is to break into pieces, and mind cannot attack or be attacked. The belief that it can, a fallacy which the ego always makes, underlies its whole use of projection. It does not understand what mind is and therefore does not understand what you are. Yet its existence is dependent on your mind because the ego is your belief. Ego is therefore a confusion in identification which never had a consistent model and never developed consistently. It is the distorted product of the misapplication of the laws of God by distorted minds which are misusing their own power.
0: Thank you, Sandra. And Jessica.
2: Thanks. 87. To fragment is to break into pieces and mind cannot attack or be be attacked. The belief that it can, a fallacy which the ego always makes, underlies its whole use of projection. It does not understand what mind is and therefore does not understand what you are. Yet its existence is dependent on your mind because the ego is your belief. The ego is therefore a confusion and identification which never had a consistent model and never developed consistently. It is the distorted product of the misapplication of the laws of God by distorted minds which are misusing their own power. 88. Do not be afraid of the ego. It does depend on your mind, and as you made it by believing in it, so you can dispel it by withdrawing belief from it. Do not project the responsibility for your belief in it onto anyone else, or you will preserve the belief. When you are willing to accept sole responsibility for the ego's existence yourself, you will have laid aside all anger and all attack because they come from an attempt to project responsibility for your own errors. But having accepted the errors as yours, do not keep them. Give them over quickly to the Holy Spirit to be undone completely so that all their effects will vanish from your minds and from the Sonship
7: as a whole.
0: Thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader for um, 88 and 89?
8: can read. I'd love
0: to. Uh, Thank you, Limelight. Okay. Um, can you guys, can I, you guys? I can hear me? you reading. Yeah.
8: Okay. Oh, uh, I, I switched on headphones.
0: Okay. Uh, Go ahead, uh, would, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Let's have Judy do 88
4: and 89. Okay. Thanks for the direction. <laughs> Do not be afraid of the ego. It does depend on your mind, and as you made it by believing in it, so you can dispel it by withdrawing belief from it. Do not project the responsibility for your belief in it onto anyone else, or you will preserve the belief. When you are willing to accept, sole responsibility for the ego, ego's existence in yourself, you will have laid aside all anger and all attacks because they come from an attempt to project responsibility for your own errors. But having accepted the errors as yours, do not keep them. Give them over quickly to the Holy Spirit to be undone completely so that all their effects will vanish from your minds and from the Sonship as a whole. Awesome. The Holy Spirit will teach you to preserve, or excuse me, the Holy Spirit will teach you to perceive beyond belief because truth is beyond belief and his perception is true. The ego cannot be completely forgotten at any time because it was always a belief that is totally incredible. Excuse me, let me read that again. The ego oh the ego can be completely forgotten at any time because it was always a belief that is. Totally incredible. (laughs) No one can keep a belief he has judged to be unbelievable. No, or the more you learn about the ego, the more you realize that it cannot be believed. The incredible cannot be understood because it is unbelievable. The utter meaninglessness of all perception that comes from it or from the unbelievable must be apparent, but it is not recognized as beyond belief because it was made by belief. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Judy. Enrique. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um eighty
8: nine. The Holy Spirit will teach you to perceive beyond belief because truth is beyond belief and his perception is true. Ego can be completely forgotten at any time because it was always a belief that is totally incredible. No one can keep a belief he has judged to be unbelievable. The more you learn about the ego, the more you realize that it cannot be believed. The incredible cannot be understood because it is unbelievable. The utter meaninglessness of all perception that comes from the unbelievable must be apparent, but it is not recognized as beyond belief because it was made by belief. 90, the whole purpose of this course is to teach you that the ego is unbelievable and will forever be unbelievable. You who made the ego by believing the unbelievable cannot make this judgment alone. By accepting the atonement for yourself, you are deciding against the belief that you can be alone, thus dispelling the idea of separation and affirming your true identification with the whole kingdom as literally part of you. This identification is as beyond doubt as it is beyond belief. Your wholeness has no limits because being is in infinity.
0: Thank you, Regia. And uh, let me just ask, even though I don't see it on the board, is there a new reader who would like to conclude with 90? Okay, back to you, Lori.
1: with pleasure. The whole purpose of this course is to teach you that the ego is unbelievable and will forever be unbelievable. You who made the ego by believing unbelievable cannot make this judgment alone. By accepting the atonement for yourself, you are deciding against the belief that you can be alone, thus dispelling the idea of separation and affirming your true identification with the whole kingdom as literally part of you. This identification is beyond doubt as it is beyond belief. Your wholeness has no limits because being is in infinity. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank you, Lauren. All right, well, um, let me me stay with that as a summary of where he's trying to get us here. Your wholeness has no limits, because being is in infinity. So to uh, review this section, Start with 82, The Defense the defense of Conflict. It's an interesting title. And so with 82, we once said that without projection, there can be no anger. But it is also true that without projection, there can be no love. Projection is a fundamental law of the mind and therefore one which always operates. It is the law by which you create and were created. It is the law which unifies the kingdom and keeps it in the mind of God. to the ego, this law is perceived as a way of getting rid of something it does not want. To the Holy Spirit, it is the fundamental law of sharing by which you by which you give what you value, in order to keep it in your own mind. So projection to the Holy Spirit is the law of extension. To the ego, it is the law of deprivation. It therefore produces abundance or scarcity, depending on how you choose to apply it. choice of how to apply it is up to you, but it's not up to you to decide whether or not you will utilize projection. Every mind must project because that is how it lives, and every mind is like The ego always tries to preserve conflict. The ego, using its own warped version of the laws of God, utilizes the power of the mind only to defeat the mind's real purpose. It projects conflict from your mind to other minds in an attempt to persuade you that you have gotten rid of it. Any attempt to... excuse me... Okay start with the beginning of 85. Conflict cannot be projected precisely because it cannot be fully shared. Any attempt to keep part of it and get rid of another part does not really mean anything. A second fallacy is the idea that you can get rid of something you do not want by giving it away. Giving it is how you keep it. The belief that by giving it out, you have excluded from within is a complete distortion of the power of extension in our mind. But this is why those who project from the ego are vigilant for their own safety. They do believe they have blotted their projections from their own minds but they also believe their projections are trying to creep back into them. This is because the projections have not left their minds and this in turn forces them to engage in compulsive activity in order to not recognize this. You cannot perpetuate an illusion about another without perpetuating it about yourself. There is no way out of this because it is impossible to fragment the mind. Pardon me. To fragment is to break into pieces and is required for conflict. The mind cannot attack or be attacked. The belief that it can a fallacy which the ego always makes underlies its whole use of projection it does not understand what mind is and therefore does not understand what you are <clears throat> yet its existence is dependent on your mind because the ego is your belief the ego is therefore a confusion and identification which never had a consistent model and never developed consistently. So do not be afraid of the ego. It does depend on your mind and as you made it by believing in it so you can dispel it by withdrawing belief from it. When you are willing to accept sole responsibility for the ego's existence yourself, you will have laid aside all anger and attack because they come from an attempt to project responsibility for your own errors. <clears throat> but having accepted the errors as yours, do not keep them. Give them over quickly to the Holy Spirit to be undone completely, vanishing both from your mind and from the sonship as a whole the Holy Spirit will teach you to perceive beyond belief because truth is beyond belief and his perception is true the ego can be completely forgotten at any time because it was always a belief that is totally incredible The incredible cannot be understood because it is unbelievable. The utter meaninglessness of all perception that comes from the unbelievable must be apparent, but it is not recognized as beyond belief because it was made by belief. Okay, 90. The whole purpose of this course is to teach you that the ego is unbelievable and will forever be unbelievable. You who made this ego by believing the unbelievable cannot make this judgment alone. By accepting the atonement for yourself, you are deciding against the belief that you can be alone, thus dispelling the idea of separation and affirming your true identification with the whole kingdom as literally part of you. <clears throat> this identification is as beyond doubt as it is beyond belief. Your wholeness has no limits because being is in infinity. All right. And uh, we have. Uh, Thank
5: you, Lemoyne. <laughs>
0: Thanks, LeMoyne.
5: Thank you, LeMoyne. Great job.
9: Really, thanks, LeMoyne.
5: Thank you.
3: Okay, if we got a couple minutes before 10 o'clock, I can speak of something that jumped out at me. All I right. guess I get in the wind. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. we on mute there. Oh, were you on mute? Okay. This who jumped out at me was compulsiveness and um, Compulsive behavior—the um, way of one that I find myself not listening, or or not really getting into fe- listening to my own feelings that are rising up in me—is uh, by playing different games on my phone while I'm waiting for something, or finding myself uh, looking for something to entertain my mind. Well, I do not have to look at how I feel or what's arising within me. And so I busy myself with different things uh, that sort of occupy me because I don't like the feelings that arise in me or I don't like the feelings I'm having. And therefore, I'm not inquiring. I'm sort of distracting myself. I'm not asking for ways of So this really jumped out at me as far as I'm really seeing that compulsive behavior and how it relates to the ego's way of keeping me distracted from really uh, undoing my belief in it. So I thought I'd share it. Thank you.
9: Thank you, Charles.
0: Thank
3: you, Charles.
9: Thanks, Charles. I'm going to say something quickly about that. this is Ida Good morning. Um, so I've had a lot of that in my life and a lot of a lot of hiding from my feelings. but I say in the loving myself unconditionally that I wasn't ready to to face those things until I was ready but but reading spiritual books and and doing spiritual practice uh in like the course and Using the flower gemstone and other essences that I have had for many years, and, and things like that, um, real good relationship and 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 stuff has helped me be ready. You know, perhaps you know counseling or therapy to to face uh, some things that I couldn't face in the past, and then and thus heal them. Because you know, like the guy said, what you feel, you can heal. Thanks. I'm complete.
3: Thank you, Ada.
1: Well, thanks, Ada. Thank you.
3: I already felt that one. Thank you, Ada. I like that, what you feel you can heal. I like that. Well,
0: thank you, Ida. I think that you, what you feel you can heal—that's a—that's uh, a good note on which to move to our lesson. And Rija, are you in a place where you can do that now?
8: Oh, uh, yeah, but I—I I think I'm um, Ch- uh, Charles. Also, you know, a volunteer. So, and I defer to Charles. <laughs>
0: Okay. Also,
9: well. I looked out and saw a different world that I have in the last few years and the world I grew up in in the 60s. Um, that helped me feel ready to to with these things that I felt that I had to hold in that way back then, too. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Ida. So do you want me to carry on to you then? Okay. Thank you, Richard. I'm happy if you want to try, but uh, I'll go ahead as well. I know we both volunteered, so. Yeah, and Um, uh,
0: somebody somebody voted for Regia, but I'll just turn that vote into not into content, but in support for her choice to choose you, Charles. You
3: go ahead, if you will. Okay, thank you. Um, Ah. Review number two, Introduction. We are now ready for another review. We will begin where our last review left off and cover two ideas each day. The earlier part of the day will be devoted to one of these ideas. The latter part of the day to the other we will have one longer exercise period and frequent shorter ones in which we practice each of them. The longer practice periods will follow this general form. Take 15 minutes for each of them and begin thinking about the idea and the comments which are included in the assignments. Devote about three or four minutes by reading them over slowly sometimes if you wish, and then close your eyes and listen. Repeat the first phase if you find your mind wandering, but try to spend the majority of the part of the practice period listening quietly and attentively. Hmm. Three, this is a message waiting for you. Be confident that you will receive it. Remember that it belongs to you and you want it. Do not allow your intent to waver in the face of distracting thoughts. Realize whatever form such thoughts may take, they have no meaning and no power. Replace them with your determination to succeed Do not forget that your will has power over all fantasies and dreams. Trust it to see you through and carry you beyond them all. Regard these practice periods as dedications to the way, to the truth, and the life. Refuse to be sidetracked. Into detours, illusions, and thoughts of death. You are dedicated to salvation. Be determined each day not to leave your function unfulfilled. And reaffirm your determination in the shorter practice periods as well. Use the original form of the idea for general application and more specific forms when needed. Some specific forms will be included in the comments. These, however, are merely suggestions. It is not the particular words you use that matter. Lesson 65, my only thoughts is the one gave me, God gave me. I have no function, but one God gave me. This recognition releases me from all conflict because it means I cannot have conflicting goals. For with one purpose only, I am always certain what to do what to say and what to think. All doubt must disappear as I acknowledge that my only function is the one God gave me. More specific applications of this idea might be these forms. My perception of this does not change my function. This does not give me a function other than the one God gave me. And let me not use this to justify a function God did not give me. 66. My happiness and my function are one. All things that come from God are one, they come from oneness and must be received as one. Fulfilling my functions is my happiness, because both come from the same source. And I must learn to recognize what makes me happy, if I would find happiness. Some useful forms for specific applications of this idea are, This cannot separate my happiness from my function. The oneness of my happiness and my functions remain wholly unaffected by this. Nothing, including this, can justify the illusion of happiness apart from my function. My happiness and my function are one. My only function is the one God gave me. Therefore, my happiness and my function are one. Amen. Amen.
8: Amen. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. Beautiful.
6: Thanks, Charles.
3: Thank you, dear ones. Thank you. Thank you, Regis.
6: Good morning. This is Sandra. And my experience has been that whatever happiness I experience in the world is totally based on my relationship with my creator. Totally. And... um, Because of that relationship, I can actually function in this world the way it is and actually find some enjoyment out of it. Um, But I got still some work to do because I haven't completely forgiven the world. So with that relationship that I have with my creator, um, and as I keep adding to it and fortifying it, and strengthening it, I'm confident that I will be able to forgive the whole world. I'm complete.
8: Thanks, Sandra.
1: That's guaranteed. Thank you, Thank you, Sandra. Thank you Sandra. Thank you,
9: Sandra. Well, I may have forgiven the world today, but tomorrow's a new day. I might pick it up again. The only moment is now, right? And time is only for healing and expanding spiritually. So I'm starting to look at it that way now. That I will know if, when, (laughs) if slash when, I've forgiven anything or anybody forever and ever. I don't know if uh that'll happen until it's time for us to see the real world and then realize that we're in heaven where we've always been, right? Oh, well, thank you. Thanks, Ida. Thank, thank you, Ida.
1: Thank
5: you, Ada. Good morning, it's Karen. My only function is the one God gave me. In the the course, I mean, we're told many times that our function is forgiveness. But in the context of today's reading, I felt like my function is extending God, um, not through the projection of my ego mind, but extending the true divine uh, creative force into into you know everything, not just anything, but extending peace, extending light, extending love, and in that you know alignment to the Holy Spirit, that in and of itself would dissolve my illusions, which is a form of forgiveness. It's letting go of all my forgive, of all my illusions. It's one way of saying I forgive them. So I was meditating on that this morning and meditating on. Um, My function, my only function is the one God gave me, which means staying in the alignment with the Holy Spirit and staying in my heart and in divine mind and flowing peace out to the world and and love out to the world and light out to everyone that my mind rests on, or everyone I see or talk to or interact with. My happiness and my function are one because there is no happiness when I feel separate from God, there is no happiness. And the more that I am aligned to God, the happier I am. Like Sandra was just saying, I mean, when I feel peaceful, that's my happiness. When I feel loving, that's my happiness. When I feel at one with God, that's my happiness. When I don't feel separate and I don't feel conflicted and I don't feel angry or fearful or judgmental, when all of those things are gone, that's my happiness. And anything else like eating sugar, <laughs> which my ego tells me is my happiness, it's just a momentary blotting out of what's really going on. It has no depth of happiness whatsoever. It has no truth in it whatsoever. Um, So I wanted to just go back to the reading for one second. And uh, a a few days ago, we were reading about conflict and the Holy Spirit's approach to conflict. And since this is in the defense of conflict, I thought it was appropriate once again, go back to what was said um, a few days ago that, just give me one tiny second. Okay, never mind, I won't be able to read it because I can't find it right this second, but let me go back to conflict. It said that it doesn't stare into the conflict. It doesn't stare into the meaninglessness of the ego story and the illusions of the ego. It just recognizes its meaninglessness and then it identifies with truth. So in the reading today where it says, um, those who project from the ego are vigilant for their own safety. They are afraid that their projections will return and hurt them because they, have, they do believe they have blotted their projections from their own minds, but they are trying to escape from them or keep them from creeping back in because their projections have not left their minds. So I was thinking in the ego mind, you know, we see the negativity apart from us. We see it out there in the world. And we want to disidentify from what is negative, you know, and so we pray and invoke the light and do all these things. But it's really because that negativity is a projection from my own mind that I can never ever get rid of it because the fallacy is that it's in me and I'm trying to protect it out there. So I have to own that it's really about what's coming what's in my own mind, recognizing it's in my own mind. And then I'm not at war with it anymore. Then I can say, this is meaningless. This illusion is meaningless. This is an illusion of my ego mind. I am not um, vulnerable to something negative. It's just my own fear and belief in the negativity that I'm trying to put outside of myself. And even if I put it outside of myself, I have to be vigilant because it'll come back in one form or another from the world. And it really turns me all the way back in to say, oh, it's in me. Something is negative in me. It isn't about that person. It isn't a reaction to another person or to a circumstance. It's in me. And I don't want it. I want to let it go, but I don't have to stare into this of, oh, my God, what does it mean, and analyze it. I have to call on the Holy Spirit and say, shine the light of God through me. Be my function, extend the light of Christ through me and dissolve away this, un- this um, miscreation of my own mind. Shine away this falsehood that for some reason I have believed in. Because my belief is making it real to me, and I don't want to believe in it anymore. I don't want to indulge this illusion anymore with my belief. Um, The Holy Spirit will teach you to perceive beyond belief. Truth is beyond belief, and his perception is true. The ego can be completely forgotten at any time because of the utter meaninglessness of the illusions themselves. Um, I have to lay aside all anger and attack that come from an attempt to project the responsibility for my own error. And having accepted the error as my own I give it over to the Holy Spirit quickly. I'm complete. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Karen.
9: That was really exceptional. (laughs) That was great, Karen. Thank you.
8: Can I... I I think... Thank you. I agree. Thanks, Karen. Can I jump in here? Um, This is Reverend Joy. I I just... I want to take this opportunity um, to... Thank Karen so much. Uh, you, I wrote down some a, a few of the things that you said because they were so stellar. And um, just about that lesson, you said remember you said something about sugar and and so the illusion of happiness. Those little things in our life, you know. I think. Um, uh, the distractions, as Charles was talking about, but the, we think they bring us happiness. But you said it's blotting out what's really going on. I thought that was so remarkable. Thank you so much, because I I do that. <laughs> and um, then you said in the talking about the text, you said, you know, that you it, it it turns me back in. So going back in is so important, and when I remember to do that. And then you said, and this, is, this relates, what you said about the text relates to what you said about the lesson. You said, you extend the light of Christ. You know, you asked to extend the light of Christ through me. And that, for me, is forgiveness. And that's my function. See, forgiveness for me, I, I, don't, I can't bring in error because error is not real. And to even bring it in is to make it somewhat real. So forgiveness isn't dispelling an error error is not real forgiveness for me is extending the light of christ to see everything as it truly is and so if i could remember that as my function you know throughout the day you know to go within and then to extend the the christ in me that's the key thank you karen thank you so much i'm i'm
5: i'm complete
1: Thank you. So thank you Excellent.
7: Gorgeous affirmation. Thank you, Karen, and thank you, Reverend Risha. It's Lana. It was late coming on today, so, but I'm here now, and, and what you both shared is so important. And my goal, <laughs> golden, one of my golden roles is to remember that I'm not perfect in my humanity but I am perfect in my truth. And um, I had a conversation this morning uh, with uh, someone who called, and and I just have one role, you know. I'll listen to anything, uh, but the purpose of the sharing must be to heal, not to validate the story that's upsetting you. And it was, it was going great. And then I noticed a shift, and it wasn't just, in what they were saying, it was in what I was hearing. And um, and the conversation was about accepting people where they are and, and not um, condemning them because their action and behavior doesn't meet my expectations of them. And so <laughs> we both fell into the pit together because uh, when I realized that she wasn't sharing to heal, she was sharing to validate her belief that it was the world and the people in the world that was doing that. And so I I came from what I believed was the truth. And, of course, she took it as an attack. But when the, and the phone call ended abruptly. and And when I went into healing, it became so obvious that I was doing the same thing that she was calling about. She wasn't showing up the way I wanted her to, and it it was because i did, I really loved her and I wanted her to be in peace and I knew at some level that was truth, but my behavior didn't match up with that, you know, and it took a while to realize that, but um you know like you like you were sharing Karen, I have to bring it back to myself. Where did that perception of her not living up to my picture of how she should be. Where is that coming from? If not for me, I have, um, uh, to, for the most part, you know, I stay in peace. But, boy, that trigger, you know, when you have a trigger, an ego trigger, it's, um, it can be very powerful. Because in the instant you're triggered, you forget the truth. And I had to go back and heal my mind before realizing that it was me who needed to be healed. And then all of a sudden it's okay for her to be whatever she wants to be, you know. Um, our humanity is not perfect. Only our truth is. So, and otherwise, why wouldn't we need forgiveness? You know, forgiveness looks beyond bodies, looks beyond the world and it sees the, um, the oneness of it all. And there's nothing that is a part of me that's not one with me. And the moment I go outside of me being the director, the producer, the script writer of this, of this movie that I'm living, um, and think it's I'm in the movie rather in heaven, you know, it can turn out to be a very scary movie And uh, fear comes up. And forgiveness is like showing me the lit up little exit sign in the darkened theater. I can walk right out of the movie when I choose and I'm willing to be healed. And, um, you know, so all's well. You know, I sent her a, a note, but I don't know if she'll respond or when she responds. And that's fine too, you know. Um, I don't need her to show up any differently than where she is, and I can love her from that point of view. You know it's um It's the love that generates the miracle. So, like any other human predicament or seeming human predicament, whether it's money or health or relationships, um, the source of it is always within me. And that's where my healing has to take place. And out of that healing, we're all healed. And it's it's so comforting to um, just be still and stop listening to your thoughts about a situation and bring the mind to a stillness, a point of stillness, where you're not doing battle with your thoughts or your experiences and, and just bring it back to I am as God created me. And this is what it looks like now. I forgive myself. Remember that my humanity isn't, isn't as bright as my truth. And, and that we can forgive ourselves for being stupid. We can forgive ourselves for being ignorant of the truth. We can forgive ourselves for being human. And that always brings back the peace. So Anyway, thanks for listening for my daily adventure, I'm complete.
4: That was
1: just great,
2: Lana. Thank (laughs) you,
7: Thank God. (laughs) I always say thank God for the choose once again again
8: option or we'd all be screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Lana, um, I see
9: that when you got to a higher level of truth about that relationship, so did she on the inner level. So even if she doesn't call you or do something like that for a long time, she still was benefited by your benefit. When you got to that higher level of truth, because we're one, right? Even the scientists talk, you know, about the quantum, the particles, when you do something to one particle here in this country, you know, half the world away, the other particle does the same thing, right? Because they're all one. So, um, yeah.
6: And
9: I, yeah. And I, um, I I have projected back to what Karen was saying, you know, on my, my mother and father for a long time. For a long time, I didn't realize it was my father, too. But I have realized now in this decade of my 60s, I've realized, taking back to... Projection starting to take it back because I realized that how much I was like, what I didn't like about them, how much I could be like that. Exactly. And beyond even what it says in the course, and I believe what it says in the course, yes, I was projecting from what I saw in me that I wanted to get rid of, that you wanted not want to get rid of somehow by putting it on those other people that happened to be my parents, so I had a lot of experience with them in my life but um but i'm taking it back now and and that's a good thing and uh my father of course is gone i still have to do some forgiveness with him even though it's been many years since he passed um i think i've done it now you know and uh and completed that and uh my mother's still around so there's still it's still going on the process of forgiveness and um Bless her heart. Whenever she she's going to be 94 this year, and I don't know how much longer I'll have her. So hopefully we can use our, like it's said in in school, use our time wisely to, for the healing. As as she's 2,500 miles away, and I only talk to her on the phone mostly, but uh, but still I trust in God and believe in Jesus and the Holy Spirit that we have the perfect opportunity for healing in this relationship. Thanks, I'm complete.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: Thanks, thank you, Ida.
2: Thank you, Ida, yeah. Sweet, thanks, Ida. Oh, Thank you, Ida. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Ida.
5: Robin Marie, before you leave, do you want to talk?
2: Uh, Well, I just have enjoyed everybody's shares, and I think it set me on a path that my day opening up with amazing adventure and curiosity happiness and joy and love and thank you everybody bye,
3: well, bye. Robin <laughs> you. you thank you wow.
7: thank, thank you
3: thank you me. love you thank you have a great day thank you. this is this is Charles here and like to Respond to what I was talking about. <clears throat> uh, all day long I'm, I have relationships in my own mind with those I know. And relationships I have with everyone is always eternal, internal within me. Um, they don't have to actually be present in order for me to have a relationship with them. Because all relationships are within me, in how I relate to them. Sometimes I, they could be in the same room, but I don't really see them because I'm having a relationship in my mind with them, and they're not even aware that they're part of the relationship I'm having in my own mind. It's just I feel like a, do like you like one one who's a schizophrenic? who's having an argument with their own mind, but they bring everybody into the argument. Even though nobody's really part of the argument, they just love to include everybody in the argument for the sake of having company within the argument. And uh, it really brings home the idea that uh, truly nobody, uh, to really see someone as they truly are, is to let go of all arguments and see them in the light of truth, in the light of God's love. And we could truly be with them and with ourselves without the need to push away or reject because of a uh, conflict we find within ourselves. So thank you, Ida, for sharing that, and thank you for everyone for... Uh, having me have a deeper look inside myself. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Charles. Thank you. Oh, that was so nice, Charles. Thank you.
5: Hi, thank thank you, you, Charles. Hi, it's Karen again. Really quick, I just wanted to add something. Um. Yesterday I went to get acupuncture and because I go to someone who's a healer I feel like there's this kind of um relationship where he's more authoritative or authoritative I don't know, he's you know, he's a healer and I'm the client. And I feel like uh talks down to me. I guess you could say. And taking the lesson, the the example of today's lesson, it would be like um, also when I get irritated with people, which I have a lot of irritation inside me, and sometimes I think I'm irritated because of the person, the other person. But in either of those two cases, it's like I have the own responsibility for my ego mind trying to interpret something that isn't real. And there must be something in me if I have irritation, it must be in me if I feel insecure, and feel like somebody is putting me down. On some level, that's all in my own mind, it's completely a, you know, my own interpretation, it has nothing to do with love and truth and light. The shift has to occur to take the reality away from what's external and ask the Holy Spirit to correct it, and to go into that alignment of extension, I extend the light and the Holy Spirit through this false perception and ask for it to be purified and undone and complete. Thank you.: Well, thanks, Karen. Thank you.
1: Excellent i always glad when you come back to that.
9: Thank you, Karen. And I want to say that we're all healers, not just people like your um, therapist there um, with acupuncture or me who's specially trained um, in previous decades of different kinds of holistic healing. But everyone is a healer because we're all healing ourselves. And as we know from the Course, healing ourselves is healing. I'm going to even go beyond the planet and say healing ourselves is healing the whole cosmos, you know, um, because because we're all one. All minds are joined. So basically that's what he's saying. <laughs> Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Yes, you, we are. Good.
6: I love that, Ida. This is Sandra because um, we're made up of the same thing that the stars and the moon and the earth and the sun are made up of. So just... Fortifies the oneness, the unity, and so when we heal ourselves, we heal the world. I'm complete. So
3: true. Sandra. Charles, again, it just comes to mind what you just said about you and the planet. We're made up of the same stuff. It's um, the poison that runs through my veins of self-interest that determines whether how I treat this planet, how I treat myself, and how I treat those around me. And when I ignore myself, when I ignore the well being, the evidence of that shows up. And through forgiveness, I get a chance to realize that God's love is greater than my uh, arrogance and my misunderstanding. And this world has an intelligence far greater than misunderstandings we may have of it. It has ways of correcting itself and moving through beyond anything that man can misunderstand. And through its corrections, to the melting of the sea, I don't think this world is too concerned about the policies of mankind nor what man can think or misunderstand within itself. I really feel God's love moving this world and planet. And as we awaken from our slumber and we join in that movement, I feel this world is in for a beautiful healing because it desires man, to come back into the natural state of being along with it, that we may live together again in God's love together as one. Thank you. Thank you,
2: Charles.
1: Thank you, Charles.
4: It was beautiful, Charles. Thank you. You just remind me of a couple that just jumped out at me. The um, the idea of this celestial speed up, and you know that we are spirit expressing as minds. That we are purely mind. That this illusory loose existence of as being in bodies as bodies is will disappear when we get to a certain level of consciousness and that that celestial speeding speed up is actually happening and how the great the great call to awaken to awaken from this dream and that the the bodies as they do in holy instance the the bodies disappear, the awareness of the body disappears and the world disappears. And how you know in In truth, it really doesn't exist aside for being in the mistaken part of the mind of the Son of God, and the whole of it, the whole totality of it. Just love that the idea of the totality of it, and letting go of being in conflict with the illusion, because only illusions attack illusions, only egos attack other egos, and. The the completeness and the wholeness must be maintained and be made. We must make ourselves vigilant for the kingdom. The United Kingdom of God is being purely mind, being purely spirit, and wholly in our hearts. Identify with the oneness that we share, the one mindedness that we share, that is at its best easy and comfortable and full of good humor and cheer and glad tidings and rejoicing and not full of conflict, not full of opinions about um, thinking about how the illusions should look, the appearances should look, or change, or be better, or, you know, it's like, don't worry about the world and the bodies as we see it, think about the wholeness of our spirits and the unity and the grace. And I think, um, Lori, the, the, the opening that you shared today held a lot of that, that, that unicity of the state of grace, how God created us to return to our original factory set, settings of being at peace with one another, and stop criticizing and complaining about each other and trying to fix what, what is just an illusor, illusory image, a man-made image of who it is we think we are. We're imagining, making believe that we are by all um, false and fixed beliefs according to the concepts of the world, world's, re- quote, unreality, unquote. <laughs> But uh, it was very poetic your share, Charles. Thank you.
7: Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy.
1: Thanks, Judy.
4: I really am so in love with the, the um, I think it's the, what is the second? No, it's the last line in uh, paragraph 89 in the text. It says, the utter meaninglessness of all perception that comes from the unbelievable must be apparent, but it is not recognized as beyond belief because it was made by belief. You know, and the court says it numerous times. Not single, not one single belief this world holds is true. That it's the whole thing is built on beliefs that aren't true. And what is forgiveness except not believing what I, what I see and what I think I see, because what I think I see is the world and it's none of it's true. <laughs> but um, the wholeness. I was on a. Conference call yesterday, and it, it was uh, reading this chapter, the defense of con- conflict. And um, this morning, I was thinking, the ego's e- ego's um, use of use of projection is solely conflict. It's at war and opposition with, you know, maybe a little bit or maybe a whole lot. I mean, people can be contrary to no end, and um, On the conference call, they were using the other book, um, the unedited edition. I don't know what it's called. Um, But this chapter was called Your Boundless Self-Fullness instead of the Defense of Conflict. And I thought that was interesting um, just because of the difference. Once, you know, the ego, only the ego can be defensive. Because the truth needs no defense. The truth is honestly apparent all the time in every situation. If if, if I want to be honest with myself and know how my own thinking is, um, can be contrary or in opposition to what is happening right here, right now, I mean, I, it's apparent where the conflict is. It's always within me. It's not because the world is doing something. It's because I'm in conflict with it, and that's always of the ego. So um, your own boundless self-fullness, um, the Holy Spirit's in love with everything, is being perfect. So be it, our wholeness, the incredible boundless self, the open mind and open heart. The resurrection is life, the totality of life. Being able to, to have a mind at peace that is not in opposition to any of it. Peaceful with everything as it is. It is what it is. And God is. Life is. Um, life on life's terms. That's the curriculum. And either I get it and I have it and I'm being one with it by understanding the totality of it, that there's nothing to exclude or reject from it. Life is life, it's life, it's life. And love it or want to leave it, escape from it, deny it, ignore it. You know, peace, my mind is one with God. All that all that is given is from God is one, and my mind is one with God, and its peace is all encompassing. Holy macro, I've, I've talked enough. <laughs> the end.
8: <laughs> Thanks, Judy. Thanks, Judy. Oh, thank you, Judy. No, uh, this is Reverend Reggie Joy. I just have a, a few ideas before I hope to hear from Laurie. Um, but um, it, uh, in uh, 83, where it says, "This is very powerful for me. Every mind must project because that is how it lives, and every mind is life." And that, oh wow, that's amazing. That's powerful because <laughs> it, it connects to the feeling. Of presence that I have, the feeling of life that I have, the, the feeling of mind—it's just ever present. It doesn't ever go away. This pres- unless I, unless I, uh, bring in an illusion or a distraction. Uh, but it's always there, always there. The mind is life. You know, the the trouble is with that is, and in this reading too, because he uses mind. I wish I. I somewhat wish he would capitalize M when he's talking about mind that is um, true and not distorted and us lowercase mind, the mind that is that thinks it could fragment because he said you know, at the end of six eighty six he says, um, you know uh, uh, he says you cannot uh, perpetrate perpetrate perpetuate an illusion about another without perpetuating it about yourself. There is no way out of this because it is impossible to fragment the mind. Isn't that beautiful? Mind is whole. And so when we have an illusion about ourselves, it's about everything because there's just there's the totality idea again. Mind is whole. It's everything. We're all connected. It's great. It's great. Although it's not so great if you know, I'm perpetuating an illusion. <laughs> so I have a responsibility here to the one mind. Not to perpetuate the illusion and to to come from what is true, which is forgiveness it's coming from what is true, so anyway that's that's what I wanted to share and complete
1: beautiful,
0: thank you ever yeah,
7: thank you Regia. thank you, ever.
1: And thank you for the opening. Um, exactly to what I wanted to share. Uh, while Karen was sharing earlier, um, my mind was drawn uh, to a really beautiful place that I think this section unlocks. In, in chapter twenty-six, you know, the goal—the goal of all of this—is the face of Christ and the memory of God. That's that's the purpose and he talks about it in 26 where he says think for they have come think how holy you must be from whom the voice for God calls lovingly unto your brother that you may awaken him the voice that answers to your call and think how holy he must be when in him sleeps your own salvation with his freedom joined However much you wish he be condemned, God is in him, and never will you know he is in you as well while you attack his chosen home and battle with his host. Regard him gently, look with loving eyes on him who carries Christ within him, that you may behold his glory and rejoice that heaven is not separate from you. Isn't that beautiful? And when we get to the end of this reading, that last paragraph, you know, to infinity beyond, all I could think of is Buzz Lightyear, (laughs) to infinity and beyond. And I remember that that whole movie, that whole movie was based on a a pact, a pact of friendship, uh, a shared knowing, a shared being with the toys, you know. How silly, uh, but yet how vividly true when they have come. And then in the very next section after that, he says, the remaining task. So what remains to be undone for you to realize their presence? Only this. You have a differential view of when attack is justified and when you think it is unfair and not to be allowed. When you perceive it as unfair, you think that a response of anger now is just, and thus you see what is the same as different. Here's the thing. Confusion is not limited. If it occurs at all, it will be total. And its presence, in whatever form, note he's calling this confusion, okay? It's just confusion. In whatever form will hide their presence, they are known with clarity or not at all confused perception will block knowledge and it's not a question of the size of the confusion or how much it interferes its simple presence shuts the door to capital theirs and keeps capital them their unknown and so this section this this entire section and and this review is is based on the notion that there's an answer and you want it it's waiting for you I want truth. I want truth. And then he gives us the steps. He gives us the steps exactly. Let me not forget my function. My function is the one God gave me. My happiness and my function are one. What does that entail? But releasing my confused thoughts. I I remember pretty soon we're gonna have a review where every every um lesson in the reviews proceeded with my mind holds only thoughts I think with God my mind holds only thoughts I think with God and, and oh for so many years I did that lesson thinking I'm a big fat liar <laughs> I'm just a big fat liar because I have all kinds of thoughts that I know God's not thinking with me and it's those thoughts I do not want this thought I do not want he gives me his thought in place of my own this, this is designed this practice is designed uh, to allow me to experience a holy instant every time I release a confusion every time I release a judgment it turns out he talks about in what is justice in, in the teacher's manual what is justice it's what, is, it's what exists in truth. But here's me with this lens that I hold up before my eyes that distorts. And it's, that's why Paul said in the Bible, uh, we see through a glass darkly. That glass darkly is just my shadow thoughts that I cast upon the world. And every time I sit and ask for truth, practice the holy instant it's not wrong to have thoughts that are impure he says everybody does but the recognition this thought I do not want is forgiveness let truth replace all errors in my mind it's a practice it's a prayer every time I sit with a lesson it's a prayer that I be released from my mistaken thoughts and let truth light my mind And the more truth lights my mind, the more I realize their presence, the face of Christ, the memory of God. He gives me his thoughts to replace my own. And that's why paragraph 91 is so critical. He says, you who made the ego by believing the unbelievable cannot make this judgment alone. I can't. There's no way I can do this by myself. But by the grace of God, He gives me His thoughts to replace my own. I need not be a big fat liar to myself. I'm confused. That's all. I'm confused. I'm mistook. I'm mistook an error in my mind as belonging to my brother. This thought I do not want. And the goal is to infinity and beyond, <laughs> to freedom. The freedom I grant myself is the freedom I grant my brother. The greatest miracle, the greatest miracle of all is to realize all gaps between me, creation and God are only in my own mind and they're a consequence of this thought I do not want and it will give me a song I can't do it by myself and that's the grace of God right there Um, when I accept that purpose I'm I'm given my mind permission to release those mistaken thoughts that's accepting its homework for myself this thought I do not want, that's all, I'm complete.
8: Thanks, Lori. thank
5: you, honey.
7: Oh, that thank was you. beautiful, Lori. thank you.
5: That was so beautiful, thank you so much. And thank you, Reverend Rita. Sorry, I couldn't reach the phone to thank you, but thank you too. Okay, so <laughs> Thanks. Well,
0: thank you, Laurie and all um, this is a little bit out of time but let me ask Lori do you have a specific closing for this call today That's
1: it. <laughs> oh I had so many but um
0: okay this is um, from chapter 11 well, let, me, let me go ahead, oh, go ahead. and then call on you like I said it's a little bit out of time um, <coughs> I I get the the retitling in the and what I'm guessing is the circle of atonement edition that focuses on that last sentence. Your wholeness has no limits because being is in infinity. And uh think us what I believe to be true here, let me this out I think the paragraph you were, may have been looking for Karen is paragraph 60 in from vigilance to peace section 7 how yes. the Holy Spirit undoes illusions without attacking them Um He perceives the conflict exactly as it is and it is meaningless. He wants you to realize that because conflict is meaningless it cannot be understood. We have already said that understanding brings appreciation and appreciation brings love. Nothing else can be understood because nothing else is real. And therefore, nothing else has meaning. And, uh... Yeah, I think one of the... I know for me, through my life, one of the... those compulsive behaviors that kind of recreates the whole mess is the need to respond to conflict with conflict. And this is... uh, it's not going to resolve it. I'll just put it there. But that's, a, that's kind of meaningless as an attempt to resolve it. It's it's just not going to work. <clears throat> and uh, not to turn it back to sections, but I do want to bring something out of 63 in From Vigilance to Peace which is what must replace conflict. The ego wants no part of truth because the truth is that the ego is not true. If, If truth is total, the untrue cannot exist. Commitment to either must be total since they cannot coexist in your mind without splitting them and therefore being vulnerable to conflict. If They, the ego and truth, cannot coexist in peace. And if you want peace, you must give up the idea of conflict entirely and for all time. And this requires vigilance only as long as you do not recognize what is true. While you believe that two totally contradictory thought systems share truth, your need for vigilance is apparent. Your minds are dividing their allegiance between two kingdoms, and you are totally committed to neither. One more sentence: Your identification with the kingdom is totally beyond question, except by you when you are thinking insanely. And uh... so I. I you know it is this perception of conflict the idea of conflict that uh, you know that the action of fear is by this law of projection is similar to the action of love it calls for more forth more of itself and conflict seems to call for more conflict but what is real is what is he describes here as being beyond belief, which is the idea of separation and conflict <clears throat> and our true identification with the whole kingdom is literally part of you. This identification is as beyond doubt as it is beyond belief. Your wholeness has no limits because being is in infinity, and that while being is one, and mind as an essential part of being is also one, and that. Uh, the answer to the all, all the problems, lies in, lies upon that recognition. So, if I can now turn to you, Lori, for for your closing.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks, thanks Lori. It's a, <laughs> Thank Thank a great setup. Thank you, Lori. It was a great setup. Uh, from chapter 11 he said we said before that what you project is up to you but not up to you whether to project for projection is the law of mind perception is projection and you look in before you look out and as you look in you choose the guide for seeing and then you look out and behold his witnesses that is why you find what you seek the big 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 issue here want what you want in yourself you will make manifest by projection and you will accept it from the world because you put it there by wanting it I need answer this question of what I want and when you want only love you will see nothing else the contradictory nature of the witnesses you perceive is merely the reflection of your conflicting invitations You looked upon your minds and accepted opposition there, having sought it there. Atonement is the healing of that. Do not then believe that the witnesses for opposition are true, for they attest only to your decision about reality, returning to you the message you gave them. Love is recognized by its messengers. If you make love manifest, its messengers will come to you. Because you invited them and he goes on you are afraid of me because you looked within and are afraid of what you saw he wants me to know that you could not have seen reality for the reality of your mind is the loveliest of God's creations coming only from God its power and grandeur could only bring you peace if you really looked upon it if you are afraid, it's because you saw something that is not there. Yet in that same place, you could have looked upon me and all your brothers in the perfect safety of the capital mind which created us. For we are there in the peace of the Father who wills to project his peace through you. Will I accept my mission to project peace? the light? Is that what I want? That's the question. Amen.
7: Thank you so much, Lori. That was lovely.
1: What a great call. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, everyone. Thanks,
5: Thanks, Lori. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.
1: Thanks, everyone.
5: Thank you, everyone.